So welcome to Vibe Check. Uh, we check the vibes of theatre makers and practitioners across the industry and one day internationally. Brands, if you want to sponsor us, we'd like the money. Uh, <laughs> today we are here with our regular co-host Kai Shaw, who's just an all-round genuine nice guy. That's my introduction. I've gone a bit left for this Wait. one. That's fine. Keep you on your toes. It's because you couldn't say what you wanted to say. No, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We are joined by our other regular co-host, Aruna Jallo. Again, poet, physical theatre, actor, and a bit of a sweaty top lip, but that's all right. It's okay. (laughs) Uh, These hooks, yeah, I'm not... I don't don't know how I feel about them, you know. (laughs) (laughs) He's getting rattled. He's getting rattled. (laughs) (laughs) But we're here. I am here as Aruna Jallo with Ben and his dry lips, who's also oh. a producer. I mean, <laughs> oh. I was just using a lip balm a minute ago, so I don't know where that's come from. So. You're saying dried out instantly, man. That's a real shame. <laughs> Bro. That's a real, real shame. Producer. And the special guest Tom. today is uh, Philip Morris, assistant director, trainee assistant director at the Royal Court, as well as used to work and live in Birmingham, unfortunately. Um, yeah, thank you, Philip, for listening here today. Thank you for having me. Shout out to the Birmingham crew. Shout out to the Birmingham crew. Shout out to the Not on my side. Oh, one, two, one. Shout out to the Birmingham Every time. Every time. <laughs> How are you doing today, man? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. I'm good, yeah. It's been a good day. The weather's a bit, you know, here or there. But yeah, it's been a positive one. I'm going to clean my room after this as well. Nice. I like to do a Sunday clean. Yeah, Hold thanks for having me. <laughs> Thanks for coming on board. So, at the start of every show, we always like to ask our guests what are they most recently listening to, um, whether that's yep. song, album, etc. And you told us that your most recently listened to song was "Losses" by Drake off of the Dark yeah. Lane demo tapes. Thoughts? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not really into this one, if I'm honest. I like, mm. and the reason why I chose that song is because I like when Drake bars like. Mm-hmm. The singing, like he's like end of the day, he's an international artist, like one of the, if not the biggest pop star in the world. But mm-hmm. I like that track because when Drake really writes, that's when mm-hmm. we, I feel like as a, as a, as a fan, as a listener, he really takes us places. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I heard that one and I was like, now we're talking. But unfortunately, mm-hmm. the majority of the project isn't him like going ham in his writing, you know. So mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, but I like that one. I like losses, and um, I've got. So a, a producer that I know actually produced um his song Demons. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah, he used to be in the f- few years below me in school. He's an amazing producer, um, and yeah, he produced he produced Demons, and he he also made what I think French Montana's latest song. Um, he produced from as well. I'm like, this is crazy, you know, crazy to the world though. Him. Come on, come <laughs> on, him. secure your bag, sir. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I agree with you, though. I agree with you. This tape, I mean, obviously, the tape was is predominantly leaks and demos and whatnot. So, like, yeah. I get that the quality ain't as good, but, like, I, I agree with you, though. Like, losses, deep pockets, um, yeah. the first track on the, on the tape, really enjoyed that. Apart from That's that, like, beautiful. I was kind of like, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. Up. it's like, it's leaks and losses. This is just stuff that he's kind of had in his back pocket. He's like, oh, yeah. let's chuck it out there because exactly. why not? You know? This guy will drop yeah. an album a year, and I'm expecting his next album to probably come out in August. Yeah. So yeah. I don't really like it's like um, yeah, yeah. Kendrick's Untitled Unmastered thing, where he's like, "Cool, I've yeah. done these two uh, albums. Exactly. I'm just gonna drop 
this one because I've got these songs sitting around. So, mm-hmm. but it, yeah, it does doesn't slap like for me. There's different versions of Drake. You've got mm. Drake barring where he's yeah. going for someone. You've got you've got Drake in his feels, yeah. and he's, he's and then you've got upset Drake, and then you've got storytelling Drake. And for me, yeah. out of all of them, exactly. storytelling Drake is the is consistently the least strongest one yeah. out of all of them. And mm. that's the majority of what's on this project for me. Mm. Big time. I mean, two C slide was a stroke of genius. It, was it? It's a stroke of business genius. Wait, yes. why do you? Yeah, absolutely not. It's a TikTok. It's a TikTok song. I mean, you, oh, yeah. <laughs> during quarantine. Oh, that's what we're calling it now. Yeah. That's what we're calling it now—a TikTok song. Well, of course. I think it's a TikTok song. I yeah. Said, I said so yeah. Very basic, Man. easy to follow. Stroke of genius. Yeah, I said that, in his house. First quarantine video out there. You know, it's clever. Very clever. The dance is literally two steps. It's not a dance at all. It's you can't do that in the club. Well, people will do it in the club, but it's not a proper well, club dance. Yeah. Yeah. But you think people do it, you know what I mean? Mm. But again, it's, it's that Drake head. thing, it's that Drake thing where you listen to the song twice and you know all the words. And you're like, how? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't know how he does it, but he does do it. Like, you know yeah. all the words after two listens to the song. And you're like, I hate that. Yeah, I know no. this, but I know it. And now it's in my head. We're all gonna be doing it. Don't worry. When we're out again, yeah. we'll be doing it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it will be one of those things, yeah, where you start doing it ironically and then suddenly you can't stop doing it. It's like me and yeah, this yeah. hand signal. Like that, that emoji came out and I kept sending it to everyone, then I started doing it in person and now I keep doing it when I see people. Yeah. <laughs> what it is. All right. So this is the part that I like to call the song selection section, where we send our oh, yeah. guests nine questions. And we tell them to choose three of those questions and answer those questions with a song. And, Philip, you've obviously answered that very well. You've given us three songs. The first song of that is Kanye West's Champion. Mm-hmm. Great song, great album. This is the part where <laughs> we guess some people are doing better than others. Listen, I've got one point. Change... I, don't need all this... <laughs> I don't need all this hostility. <laughs> Let's see how this goes. Um, I think that Champion is your theme song. I'm saying it's a song that inspires you. Mm-hmm. Theme yeah. song. Equally. Yeah. Can I reveal it now? Is that how it works? Yeah, you can reveal yeah. it. Oh, that is my theme song. <laughs> yeah, that is my theme song, man. Me. Okay. Are you sure are you sure it doesn't inspire you just a little bit? I mean, it inspires me, but it is my theme song. Like, it's <laughs> when you have an icebreaker in a drama workshop, I'm like, yeah, champion. Yeah, OJ man, you know. Why? Why would you say it's your theme song? Mm. You know what? I think um, it when that when graduation came out, it was a very significant point in my life, um, of like trying to sort of work out my direction of like what I'm interested in and what I'm doing. So Mm. there were quite a few during school, quite a few things I was interested in, but um, I remember um, yeah, it was right before my GCSEs. And I listened to the song and I was like, this is like, this just feels like it's speaking to me. And like, there was a, a there was a, a bar in particular when he says, um, who are the kids going to listen to? I guess me, if it isn't you. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? I want to be like that. Like mm-hmm. in, and it sort of transpired into like my future career and the work that I did in Birmingham and stuff. But like, mm-hmm. it just made me determined to be a leader when I heard that song. And then um, I remember in school, I uh, I wanted to be deputy head boy 
because one of the flyest guys in the years above me was deputy. He had like a sick reputation and everything like that. And I was like, I want to be like this guy. So I went for it and my dad was like, you need to go for head boy. And I was like, ah, oh, okay. But I was listening to this song at the time and I remember going for head boy and I got it. And I remember it was a big transition. So I was like, right, if I believe this is really cool and cliche, but if I believe I'm a champion, nothing can stop me, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, that's my theme ch- song forever, for life. Mm. Yeah, man. I feel you. I what was some of the, you were speaking on the work or you were doing in Birmingham? Like, obviously, I've spoken to you about it, but what, yeah. What, what, yeah, what was that work? Yeah, so um, I started up an all-black male theatre company um, called Lightpost Theatre Company, which is, is still running now, which mm-hmm. is amazing. Um, but yeah, at, and the aim at the, at the time was to have, it was a pilot project for two years, working with young black men. Um, the description was being at risk of mental health issues. But at the time I was like 22, still getting my head around like theater. And, and I had to really dig deep to like, you know, to really know my stuff. Mm. So I made a realization along the way. I was like, oh wait, mental health can affect anyone depending on what happens. So if you've had a traumatic upbringing or even something really drastic changing in your life or feeling like an outsider in a particular environment that can, you know, there's so many mental health triggers, but also you know, uh, in Birmingham as well as the UK, there's a massive overrepresentation in prison, in prisons, and also like mental health institutions mm. when it's too late. So mm. people are being admitted into these institutions at breaking point, but n- there's no prevention sort of schemes that mm. exist. So that inspired the company. But then along the way, we we realised as a collective that we have more to offer than mental health traumatic stories. We can tell stories about our heritage and and our joy. You know. Mm. Um, so it, yeah, it, it, it slowly like moved away. Mental health is always a part of the strand because it's black men in the space expressing themselves. Mm-hmm. But actually this is about us all becoming better human beings and, you know, being able to showcase our work to the world. So mm. yeah, that's how it, but it always started that time. Kanye, I was listening to Kanye and I was like, I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. And you know, um, yeah, the rest is, the rest is history, but yeah, the company's still running now. Um, it then went on to like one of my closest friends called Kieran Hamilton Amos, who who's running it, and now we've just handed over uh, to one of our earliest members, and now the leaders of Lightpost. So they're running it now, so which, nice, is what, which is what it's all about. Like I, I, I'm a strong, I'm a strong. Thank you, and I'm, I'm a strong believer in like passing on the torch, and actually, mm-hmm. that's where change happens. You know, people coming through programs and ending up leading. People mm-hmm. say, you know, there's not enough role models and this and that, but actually. The, 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 if you put the scaffolding in place, there, you know, everyone else just has to pick up the mantle and just keep going. So, yeah, it's incredible. It's uh, it's always got a special place in my my heart. So, yeah, yeah, man. I I find it like interesting the link between um, mental health and Kanye right now. How that actually mm-hmm. all links together. Right. You know what I mean? That's yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that's crazy. It's touched the sky in there. Touch the Sky is in graduation. Is it in graduation or late registration? I think it's no. late registration. Yeah, I think it's late registration. Yeah, late, late registration. Oh, that's mad. Because yeah. I think that, that talks about his mental health really and truly, like yeah. he foretold it. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm touching the sky and then you have the biggest crash and he has done, like, we've seen that and lived through it. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's the thing. Like, mm. what, what you know, we all have a song that we remember at a particular age, you know, when... Mm-hmm. Whether when it was the first time we really got into hip hop or whether it was someone you were dating or whatever. Mm. Um, but in terms of mental health, he was he was hitting some stuff really early. 
Yeah. Um, and then obviously had his own laps, you know, later on. But I feel like we're slowly getting him back, you know. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'd agree. It's yeah, a reformed, yeah. slightly reformed Christian yeah. version. <laughs> For real. So, right, so next one is Don't Walk Away by Jade. This one, what? I don't, I don't know. I have like two for this. Mm. I'm trying to figure out which one I want to go with. I'm saying it's a song that's helped you creatively. Mm. But maybe I should just start going last and copying what you man say. <laughs> um, I feel like this is your shower song. I don't know why, but I feel like it's your shower song. Equally, it could also be a song that that related to how you first got into theatre, but I think that it's your shower song. I don't know why. So I'm gonna go with that. It's a late it's a late night shower song. That's not you don't that's you don't go you don't wake up in the morning. Sing and go <laughs> would you i see that as like a late night thing like you've you're just chilling that's how i would see it like it's nice mm-hmm. like you got an evening it's a date for yourself type of night that's what i see it like what is it do you know what <laughs> you're both right <laughs> i'm sorry ben it's my shower son. And you're right. When I have my well like obviously I shower in the water too, but when I have my late showers, that's my jam. Yeah. Sorry, Ben, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. These guys outrage. And I know I, and I know you as well. Like I'm I don't know. I'm a bit disappointed. I'm sorry. No. I can't accept it. Blood. The minute I heard that song, it's all I could think of. I was like, this would be mm, the first Yeah. I'm telling you, man. I love yeah. my 90s r and B. I I just think there's... It's just such a special time where there was beautiful music. So, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. <laughs> this is always the thing with like 90s R&B, though, is that do we remember it fondly for the nostalgic aspect of the music or was there just something musically brilliant about that time that forces everyone to go back to and be like, this was the pinnacle? Do you know what I mean? Because I find yeah, it very interesting. yeah. I think it's a bit of both. I think just mm. I think from an aspect of writing and mm-hmm. producing, it was just you know, I understand when our parents are like, you know what, there's ain't there ain't nothing like Luther Vandross, there ain't nothing like Teddy Vandergrass. Mm. Yeah. Like I get it. Because it's the songs that they're writing about, and that's what Drake's quite good at actually. It really touches on how you're feeling mm-hmm. differently. Like mm. meet like what what song exists about like meeting someone for the first time or talking to someone? Like mm. I'm actually trying to think of one now that's like a uh, like a song that I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying to think of like just those motions, and I mm. feel like the night you spoke about all yeah. sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So like someone wasted like someone wasting your time or a relationship not working out and mm-hmm. this and that and having butterflies and all these kind of like mm. like very romantic things, but also the deep stuff like being heartbroken, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. that their their pen game, and um. And just production altogether was second mm. to none. So like the other day, I stayed up the whole night, had to, for the Teddy Riley versus Babyface battle. I, I stayed all the way through. And I got there and it lagged out. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it was trippy. I mean, I, I, went the, I went the first time round as well. So I came to the first battle and oh, I was okay. like, it's a disaster. And this is terrible. And there are, what is it? There are three quarters <laughs> of a million people. And it yeah. just dropped. And the next time we, we got what we wanted, you know? 
Sounds but yeah, two masters of the craft in terms of writing. Legends, legends. Oh, man. Actual legends. Like man. every yeah. I, I find it every day. <laughs> Literally every day. I find out another song that I didn't know Babyface had written. Right? <laughs> Literally every day. Yeah. I'm like, how have you written this as well? <laughs> like, That's a thing. Madonna, Ariana Grande. Yeah. yeah. Um, you name it. You name it. Literally. Boys to Men. <laughs> Boys to Men is. The CV's wild. Yeah, yeah, man. There is something about. So I'm trying to think of what 90s RB is for me. And mm-hmm. I think if you were to like compare it to music from the past i'm not even sure 10 years is the right time frame mm. Maybe, yeah we'll give it 10 years i think production quality obviously has gone up in the majority of sense but just because people can do more things because that's how technology mm. advanced um so the musicality of some songs is different but it's like you were saying phil it's like the the writing of it is more important. It's not necessarily that it's more complex or there's more layers to yes. it. It's the simplicity of it that makes That's it yeah. what it is. Because like nowadays, you've got you find a lot more people trying to tell a full blown story, whether that be across an album or across a song, or you, or you go the complete other direction. You've got people just chatting complete nonsense. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Whereas in with the with the nineties R and B, it was just about I'm feeling this. This is what I'm feeling, and that that was the process. That's it. Yeah, when you, when you look at those artists, like John Legend is a key one for me. Like each song has got a very specific. Like I'm, this is happening, and that's yeah. that's happening. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, you can convey right. that very straightforward. Whereas now there's so many more elements that parts of the music is better, but then as a genre, it's not as strong. Not yeah, really. yeah. Everything is perceived as something individual, so you don't get that same sense of unity. I think it's why the nostalgic element is a larger part of it for me rather than the music. Mm-hmm. I think if I was to compare a song to a song from 1990s to something that was released in the last 10 years, like on a technical level, I think the song in the 10 years is probably going to hold mm-hmm. up if you remove all the nostalgic elements to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Feel that. Wait there. Uh, your final song was mm-hmm. Blah by Kendrick Lamar. Woo. Hey, wait, can I just quickly, fam, that's one of my favourite songs. That <laughs> That is, that song anchors me. Sorry, I had to just quickly, you know, but yeah. Uh, yeah, King Kenny. Like what you I'm, said, uh, I'm Kenny. expecting you to get it right now, you know, I'm expecting you to. <laughs> I'm expecting you, to, you gotta get this now. <laughs> uh, say no more, say no oh. more, say no more, say no more. Oh. This, is, this is actually hard, because I feel like there are genuinely four things this could be. Yeah. Legit, legit. I really want you to get it, guys. I really, you've been so wise. I, I want Ben to get it. I'm not gonna get it. I've got my answer. My answer, I think it's a song that relates to how you first got into fear. I don't know if that's right. Uh, I'm, gonna I'm, gonna I'm, gonna, I'm gonna say that it's, it's the song that sums up your work. Ooh. Ooh. Stick or twist. <laughs> I, oh gosh, I don't know. Damn. I, wait, Kai, I'm going to ask, are you sure? I don't know, man. <laughs> I told you to for yourself. Say it with your chest. Look, Matt, yeah, you know what? I've, I've said it I've now. I've found it already. Come I've on. I've said it now, so I'm going to say it. A, a, a song, song that sums up your work. Mad. All right, a song that inspires you. 
and the winner is. No, no, the winner is Aruna. It's a yeah, surprise me. But you know what, Kai? You're on the right track. <laughs> You're just like it could. It could have been either, either the rest of the four, like easily. It was easily. And the four that I was thinking were, yeah, inspires you. The the one that sums up your work describes your career and mm. yeah, creatively. Like I, I don't know. Yeah, honestly, yeah. all I of it. it. Yeah, say what you I, say. What you want to say, man. Yeah, I I played it for all of those reasons. If I'm honest, um, mm. Mama, it sort of just describes everything for mm-hmm. me. Um, and it's very extremely personal because actually, my mum is the reason why I do what I do. Like, mm. period flatline like mm. i um i got so at the time i had no ambitions of ever getting involved in theater or anything like that but i got involved in a show in in year 11 so i didn't do drama as a gcc nothing but i just wanted to get involved in the show um the show went well and stuff and then i got my gccs back and at the time i wanted to become a um i wanted to become a lawyer a solicitor mm. or like a politician one or the other got my grades back and i was like oh no <laughs> I can't. I can't go to the college that I wanted to initially go to to do, pursue that. Mm-hmm. And then my mum literally cooks so it. I'm panicking now. My, but my mum called me a few days later and she was like, "I've signed you up to performing arts, just like that. I've signed you up to a to do performing arts." And I was like, wow. "Okay." <laughs> but she had, she came to that show mm-hmm. and was like, obviously <laughs> proud proud mum, you know, Hercules, Hercules. Well, that's tough. But that moment which was like a spear of the moment. Like she, uh, she essentially made that decision for me. Mm. Changed my life forever, you know? Mm. So when Kenjit's talking about, like I, I can live in the stadiums, packing pack the fastest, like mm. I'm always trying to, um, within the right frame, like I'm always trying to impress my mom. Mm. I'm like, mom, look, look what your son's doing, you know? But this mm. is because of you, you know? Um, kind of thing and also when he talks about bumping to a little boy he resembles his features mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah like that is that that moment of so, a young uh boy black boy reminding him of who he was and stuff because he's lost his way like to pimper butterflies a masterpiece anyway but we'll talk about that yeah. thank, yeah. You, thank, but you, like, thank you thank you thank we could talk about the it now. work the work that I, the reason why i do it which i mentioned earlier is for it's for the young guy yeah. who's 12 <laughs> He's from Croydon, he's from the ends, who just doesn't know what he wants to do with his life. This is why I do what I do. Initially, even getting involved in theatre, I was like, because I just want to show you whether it's my path or not, you have options, you have choices. You don't have to follow what everyone around you is doing, you know, because I did that for a bit in in so many different ways. But like, um, what like gave me joy, especially when I like deliver workshops, is that, you know, sometimes there'd be like, a little black boy who'd come to at the end and he'd be like, sir, and I bet that could be sir. <laughs> so like, Philip, what what do you do? And I'd be like, yeah, I'm a, at the time I was a youth theatre director. And he was like, wow, I didn't know that job existed. I want to do that when I'm older. Like I cannot tell you how many times people have done that. And whether they pursue it or not, the power of influence and seeing, um, you know, for some people, seeing is believing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when I've done workshops, people don't expect someone to walk in with like 97s on their feet <laughs> with some, with, with some tracksuit, with some tracks, with a tracksuit, you know? Mm. Um, and, and for me, like 
I I had no idea when I was younger what kind of role models in theatre existed until I started to like research it and understand the people who have paved the way. So my aim is just to try and be one of those things, you know, in like 20 years' time. Um, wow. So yeah, that's the long way of me saying Mama is like, it's always got a yeah. special place in my heart. Um, the production, everything I buy, it just... When I first heard it, I had goosebumps. Legit had goosebumps. So like, yeah. This is this is speaking to me. And even like the chorus, we've been waiting for you. Like mm-hmm. I moved back here a year ago and, mm-hmm. um, you know, that was very daunting. I'd been gone for eight years from my own mm-hmm. hometown and no one, like naturally, no one knew me, you know? Mm-hmm. So I had to start again, but I knew I needed to return home again mm-hmm. um, to, 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 to start the rest of my career. So now even like working at the Royal Court, it's just like, all of those things are falling into place. Mm. Um, yeah, it's just unbelievable. So yeah, Mama is the song yeah. that inspires me the most. That's wavy. <laughs> like, that's wavy. Oh, there's so much you said. Hmm. Oh, there's so much you said. No, I was rattling on of it, so I got excited. No, it's, it's not even a conversation. <laughs> but it's all like very relevant stuff. I do want to ask you about like your workshop experiences in terms of you work, like how people perceived you. Um, when you first walked in, what was that energy like? Like have when you... I when I first got involved, yeah. Oh man, like so. My routine has been really like sort of very different, I guess. I suppose so. I did quite a bit of acting and stuff um, mm. here and there, but then I um I was unemployed um, because I, I wanted to go back to the drawing board and like work out what I wanted to do. So I was unemployed mm. and I was signing. I was in. I was signing on. Um, and I remember it was a really low time for me. Then I managed to, I was really fortunate in getting like a a, a tour, like I, I auditioned for a role and I got a tour. Tour was done and I was like, I don't want to keep doing this, but I also don't really know what I want to do again. So mm. I was signing on again. I've got my grumpy face because I'm like, oh, I'm in the job centre. <laughs> and um, a, wom- uh, a woman who I was speaking to was like, oh, what, what, um, what qualifications do you have? And I was like, oh, I've got a degree in applied theatre. Um, and she was like, oh, interesting. There's a there's a job here for an internship working with, like, working in education in a theatre. And at the time, I'm like, I want to be an actor. I don't want to do this. I want to be in workshops. Like, <laughs> I want to take over the world, you know, like, kind of thing. Um, but there was half an hour to fill it out. And I lived about 50 minutes away from the venue. So I filled it out. Um, fast forward in. Uh, it was an interview between, uh, it was a joint internship between the Birmingham Rep and the Birmingham Hippodrome. Now, very fortunately, when I was a student, I used to do like work experience with both of them. Mm-hmm. So I had an interview um, and I was, yeah, really fortunate to have got the internship, which was like mm-hmm. helping assist and support their youth theatre. Um, then three months in, there was word of there being funding, a pot of funding to work with young black men. And I remember being like, okay, this this is a bit of me. This is like I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> but if I can get if I can get my hands on this project, I'll give my all. You know? Mm-hmm. So um we did a pitch and I was wearing this suit and stuff and I was like completely just out of my depth in terms of presentation. I don't really I like to I like to dress up nice to like um events like weddings and stuff. So I, I like to wear a suit but not I wouldn't do that day to day. And um yeah, I remember we had a moment where it was it was just getting a bit shaky during the uh, presentation. And then I was like, you know, uh, it's like a movie moment. I was like, right, let me, I was like, I know I'm wearing a suit and I know I'm presented in this way, 
But I'm mm. going to give you a bit of an insight into the background that I've grown up in. Mm. Gave him a bit of a, a spiel about my environment and stuff. And I was like, I I know how to work with young black men. I hadn't had, I hadn't had any experience. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was like, give me the opportunity and I promise you, like, mm. you know, because amongst my friends, we've all had really interesting, varied experiences. Mm. I was like, give me the chance. Give us the chance. Um, and then, yeah. Uh, about a week later, we got the call that we got the funding. So what that initially led to me feeling, I felt real. I had severe imposter syndrome, severe mm. imposter syndrome. I was like, oh my! So all of a sudden, we were there. I was made a youth theatre director. I hadn't directed a single thing, and I was like, um, why me? Why did they pick me? There's so many people who can do this. You know, I, I've never done this before. Mm. But actually, um, I learnt to with time to rise to the occasion. Like, mm -hmm. I do believe in, like, destiny, and I do believe in things happening for a reason, uh, whether good or bad. I feel like there's always, uh, you know, people don't have to, people are not often selected at random. Mm. So, in, 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 in these circumstances. So I was like, man, um, I really need to step into this. So I just learned, I learned, I watched theatre, I, like, I was, you know, asking for free tickets to watch shows in our theatre. I was watching so many shows mm. until I was able to understand how lighting works, how staging works, how... Mm. And then I was also working with the youth theatre each week. So when I was an intern, I was, like, gauging how to work with young actors and stuff. And so, you know, it was through trial and error. So my mm. first show, you know, was not my, not my best work, but it was really good to keep, to keep coming back stronger. It's a bit like mm. going to the gym for the first time. Mm. You've got these ridiculous aches and you're like, I don't want to come back. <laughs> and then you go again and then you get, you know what I mean? And then your muscles get used to it and stuff like that. So, um, yeah. So when I started, I was, I would say very low on confidence, if wow. I'm really honest with you. Um, yeah. yeah. Like my life changed overnight and I really felt out of my depth. But yeah. the thing for me in like looking back now, I really, I'm some, I thrive under pressure. Mm. Um it's like this weird complex. It kind of gets me excited when I don't mm. know what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Like, it's a challenge. I, I like to challenge yeah. myself. Mm. Um, so yeah, yeah. Wow. Did you ever get to a point where you needed to like, in that journey, did you need to prove something to yourself? Or is it proving uh, something to someone else? Was it like, yeah. Yeah, oh man, it's, it's I'm my own worst enemy, you know? Mm. Um, and so, you know, you get to a point where you're relying on people saying good things. Mm. And then you have to realise that that's not always going to come. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You might have a show and people are like, well done. <laughs> and that's it. Like, yeah, like it. <laughs> you know, and like, just, just like my thing is, um, for me, I just need to mm. feel self-gratification uh, that I've done my best. Because mm. theatre is extremely subjective. We could all watch a show. I could come up being yours. One of the most amazing things I've ever seen. You, you three or two of you could be like, ah, oh, it wasn't really for me. It is just, you know, but the aim mm. is for me is to make, to make a story as imaginative or as, as clear as I can in my, my brain, you know? Mm. Um, and whether you take to it, great. If you don't, it's also okay, you know? Mm. Um, I feel like yeah, you've got so, quite a mm. wide, like, breadth of knowledge already. Um, of kind of how things work so what would be your advice to someone that's trying to start out in the industry or maybe is like taking the first few steps but they don't really know what they're doing next yep so my advice 
first bit of advice which has come with time is to um ask to, uh, ask your favorite directors for a coffee you'll be very very surprised <laughs> it may you may not be able to meet them next week but at some point the window might open and you know some some people don't some directors may not be into that but you'll be surprised i've been surprised at some of the directors i've come to have a chat with um after seeing their work um and like sending an email and asking to meet up mm-hmm. people people do want to share advice and, and and spread knowledge um another thing is um which i'm still learning is to be brave like if you go to a show and you happen to see someone who you admire mm-hmm. go up to them and tell them <laughs> i had you know i used to have this thing of like i don't want to fanboy anyone and I'm still <laughs> you know you if it can feel a bit embarrassing sort of yeah. thing but actually friends that i've now made have been for me being like yeah i've like literally been following your work for the last five years and like mm-hmm. what you wrote was really inspiring and, mm. and 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 from there you can build relationships but also i think that's just good to just let that be known because actually you you'll find yourself in the same venues doing your own work and you say oh yeah yeah and they'll be like yeah we see, i see you like people <laughs> people will remember you you know mm. um because you know we we everyone wants people <laughs> we all want each other in most cases to win right um mm. so just having that boldness and also making your own work that is the key for, for, for me anyway um whether you're uh, a director and you know a writer and you want to experiment something like there is no harm in trying to fundraise rent out a space for an hour call in a few friends as an audience and just having a go or you know having a rehearsed reading in a like calling your mates and doing it in your living room like just just trying try, trying your own stuff because i think sometimes we can expect things to come our way mm. but actually we have to make sometimes make the work um mm. which is fine if that's if that's natural to you if it's not i would advise getting in contact with people and stuff like that but there's mm. you know if you when you're networking and meeting these creative brains like test it you know mm. i would i would say to anyone starting off like the first sort of uh theater i got involved with was a show that me and my, my friend co-wrote together and then we invited like all of the actors, um, a few of our teachers, and we like rented out a, a space, in, like a really rustic space, and we we performed in a play that we wrote. But that was the first time ever testing anything, you know. And mm-hmm. that that then in the drew the attention. Little did we know there were associates from the rep who came to that show. Mm-hmm. So then, by the time I graduated, people knew the work that you know we had produced before. So. You just never know. So yeah, getting in contact with your heroes, people you admire. Uh, if you see them being, you know, brave, bold enough to try and approach them, you know, I'm I'm still working on it, so I'm not I'm not perfect. Um, and also creating your own work um, is always a great place to start. Key. So, Lovely. Um, so, what was the final song? I can't remember what it was now. It was uh, the final song. That is picked by us, the presenters, to give unto our wonderful guest. Uh, was Hebrew uh, featuring Hamrith with featuring? But it's by West Side Gun. Who? Kishu? Kishu Plum. No. That's the one. That's it. Okay. So um, yeah. I was feeling really smug because I didn't know I had to ask you back. Um, <laughs> so individually, what that song means to you guys, yeah? Nah, no, no, no. Just, just, you, you have no pressure on this. You just get to... <laughs> yeah. But, uh, oh, cool. <laughs> no, I'm sure we all have consistently. 
<laughs> you'll never know the pressure uh, <laughs> the song was alright it reminds me a lot I don't know if it's just because I think I assume he's from New York from the accent but it reminds yeah, me a lot of Action yeah, Bronson but the yeah, thing that yeah. I was really interested in the song is that bit of spoken word towards the end which I can only assume is Keisha Plum mm. um, I feel like I, I listened to it twice but I feel like I need to go and listen to it again but there's little like it's a very odd it's not formatted in the way that I usually consume spoken word it's, 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 I think her rhythm is very different mm-hmm. and jarring in a way but in that same breath I find it very interesting it's intriguing it's, it's like it's almost like reading a multi-layered story she's mm-hmm. trying to say something but mm-hmm. you grab something in the first it's like when I watch my I watched Whiplash Whiplash is one of my favourite films I've watched that mm-hmm. film many a time after the seventh time I'm still like wow I never noticed that when that happens that mm-hmm. For me, that's what I'm getting from her spoken word piece. Is like there's a, there's an initial layer, and then the, I can sense there's other stuff going on within it as well. Mm. Yeah, what were you? I agree. I agree. Um, yeah, I agree. Yeah, even even if even if he wasn't from New York, like the the, the way the bass hits in that song and the drums and everything, that is so so predominantly East Coast. That, like I couldn't, I couldn't think of anything else but like you're right there is something really interesting in her spoken word and i think it is the rhythm of it like it's still very new york but it's spoken word and i don't think i've ever really taken in that kind of form of spoken word before like it's it, it just feels very authentic and and i was immediately like placed onto the streets of like brooklyn do you know what i mean like mm. the woman at a corner shop talking to someone and it felt very like in the lilt and in the lingo and stuff and i was like oh there's mm. something here yeah. And you're right. I will, I will definitely listen to it again to really trying to take in like what she's talking about. But it's cool, man. It's cool. Mm. His voice is really interesting to me. Like, yeah, it's not, it's not a voice. It's not a voice in hip hop that I would normally listen to and be like, yeah, I can listen to that easily. It's interesting for me. Like, but, yeah. I think in terms of like voice voice wise, because loads of people are like that. They don't like Shmino or they don't like Chance the Rapper because of like that nasally tone. You know what I mean? But then you've got someone like him where he's talking some serious, like, he's that, like, New York, like, gang-banging, like, crazy-ass stuff, and you're hearing him in that tone, but how he's riding it with the music as well suits. And it's interesting, because i done sent this to a friend that hates, like, Shmino, hates um, Chance the Rapper because of his voice, yet he loves West Side Gun. And I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> this, yeah, you know what I mean. Like they sound yeah. so. They could all jump on the track together. You can't always tell who is who. Like you would have that little moment of like, wait, who, who? Oh, okay, it's this person. But yeah, when it comes to the spoken word at the end, it makes me think of Amiri Baraka, because he grew Ooh. up. He grew up in New York, and the spoken word that we share today comes from him. It comes from all of the poetry slams and all of that. That comes from him. So having someone like, if you're familiar with his work, if you're not, go listen to, uh, there's one called Howl or Owl. The, no, America, I can't remember. Just type in Amiri Baraka or Leroy Jones, you'll, you'll find his work. But like in it, you, he does, it's jazz. It's jazz in, his, in, his, in the musicality of his words. There's something mm. ajar of, it's just a bit off, but you're, you're catching it, it's very fluid and that's what this reminded me of too and i was like it makes sense that this is new york and this is how new york talk like you guys are innovators for this in a way like the way in which 
you speak words it's like a drum pattern it's like a piano is different mm, like mm. your your yeah it's, it's on a different flex i find out with west side gun too the way he like how slow the beat is fam and how he's found his pocket that reminds me of like a piano in a huge in a huge track or a saxophone in a Kaz, kazmashi washington track or do you know what i mean or let's take it even to um to pimp a butterfly um Terrace Martins was the person like producing all of that. So if we're talking about jazz and all of that influence, like the final song, Mortal Man. If you listen to that on Velvet Portraits, because that's where that song came from and how that and how that all came together. Like you can hear that influence even in the way that um, Kendrick raps. So it was was interesting hearing that in West Side Gun 2, where they just kind of put that together and then you're hearing that in the spoken word and the whole influence of it. It's incredible. That's what I think. What do you think, Philip? Yeah, um, I, I, I really, <laughs> I do love East Coast rap and I appreciate it because I think there's, East Coast just has a very grimy, mm-hmm. dark, like you know where you are. It's like mm-hmm. you, think, uh, you know exactly where you are. You're on the corner of the Bronx, Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Like you're on the subway, and like, so I I appreciated it um, instrumentally. Mm. He sounded to me, and it, it makes sense. He sounded to me just like Ghostface Killer, but obviously Action Bronson sounded uh, exactly like Ghostface Killer. Uh, so I couldn't take my mind away from like, the fact like he sounds that is like the typical blueprint, like Ghostface, you know, voice. Um, and yeah, talking about like really um really dark stuff, but for me it. The track didn't take me anywhere until the spoken word came in. Yeah, mm. and I, it's interesting that we've all mentioned the spoken word because we're clearly a bit more interested <laughs> in that particular artist than yeah. you know, than, than himself. And um, I I really enjoy like in terms of East Coast, I really like like boom bap the boom bap sound. Like so, it was a bit slow for me to really get into. Um, I feel like I'd listen to it when I'm raining or when it's raining or something. <laughs> like it doesn't. <laughs> It doesn't feel like something like because there's not an actual like quick pace to it. I don't, I don't really know what mood, I like I need I'd need to be in to listen to that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It doesn't feel like a positive one. No. Um, but I appreciated the spoken word artist. Like I, I'm actually intrigued to know who that is, because um, mm-hmm. the form, the form uh, that she takes in in this track is extremely interesting. It's like breaking the rules completely. Mm-hmm. I've not heard anything like it before. I don't know if it's just a New York thing or what, but yeah. it's so outside of the realm of what I understand how a spoken mm. word is normally right. I think that might be why I think the spoken word for me definitely outshines the rest of the song. Whether that be um, his part or the production, like that moment is like, oh okay, this is a thing like this is that on its ones and be like Yeah. Hmm. Interesting one. You don't like it when the future outshines the main person. Okay, you. <laughs> 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 yep. And like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Couple features that man's been featured on, and you're like, oh, this is Drake's song now. <laughs> <laughs> like no stylist. Ooh, that's a yeah. It's kind of people that happens. Though. I'm trying to relate it back to theater, and it's like. Imagine this is director outshining the director. Like that's a situation. 
Yeah, but you do you do see it in theatre though where there are, there are times where like there's a there's a lead and then there's a supporting actor or actress. Oh, yeah. But that, that's and different though. That's everyone that on their team. You know what I mean? Like they've got mm. their job yeah. to do and someone just better at their job. But when when there's two people doing the same thing, yeah, yeah, I get you. I get you. I get you. Yeah. <laughs> <Stop> <laughs> the All right. That's it. Thank yeah. you very much for this. Yeah. Yeah. This was wicked. This was really sick. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Uh, have you got anything yeah. you want to plug just before we sign up? Um, yeah, keep an eye on uh, Roll Call activity. There's loads of things pl- uh, being planned behind the scenes. Um, I'm sure once um, everything becomes a bit clearer nationally or throughout the world, um, yeah, you'll be you'll be kept posted on some really really exciting conversations um, that are having are, are being had. And yeah, I uh, can't wait to see. To see everyone again, you know, I can't yeah, wait. Yeah. We, I'd love to, guys. I'd love to have dinner with you guys and just sit down and talk about, like, you know. So thank you, for, thank you for having me, um, Philip John Morris on Twitter. Follow yeah. me there. Yeah, uh, little plug. But yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully soon, right? Hopefully soon. Stay safe, you know. Enjoy. See you later. I can't change my energy, can't fake it When I'm with you, I feel I can fly Yeah, fly, yeah, fly, yeah, fly yeah. And if this goes and we fall into a stasis Not rugby, you won't yeah. tackle my yeah. pride Fat pride, white pride, white pride, white pride.